Mashiach Now, Adar of Tavshin Membez. On Sunday, Yidbez Adar, a Tzivis Hashem rally was held in 770. The Rebbe joined the children from Mincha, after which the children recited the 12 Psukim, followed by the singing of the Tzivis Hashem anthem, We Want Mashiach Now. The Rebbe clapped along to the children singing. The Rebbe then spoke a few sikhs to the children. In the second sikha, he encouraged the importance of learning Taira, referring to the Pasuk of Vishinantam, which the children had just recited, which states explicitly the need to always be preoccupied with words of Taira. Practically, this means that when you're going home after learning in Cheder or in the Talmud Taira, when walking home from school, from the Yeshiva, or Beis Rifka, you should carry something that you can learn from. The child may wonder how someone so young like himself can actually behave like this, and he may feel discouraged. But the Rebbe continued, the Parsha of this week tells us how every child from Shevet Levi was counted from 30 days and up, together with all the other Yidin, including, of course, those much older than him. This teaches us that a child has the capability and resources to accomplish things which may seem large in his or her eyes. The Rebbe also encouraged the need for every single girl and boy to have their own letter in a Sefer Taira. The Rebbe mentioned the Siam Sefer Taira of the Sefer Taira Akoli taking place today in California, and how even though we are not with them physically, but being as we are all part of one nation, it is therefore a simcha for Yiddin all over the world. Reb Shlema Kunin related that initially the Rebbe had said to make the Siam on Purim. When he asked the Rebbe if the Siam should be on Sunday or on Tuesday, Purim, the Rebbe responded that he meant around the time of Purim. After the third Sikha finished, the Rebbe requested that the children sing Utsu Eitzah, and he clapped along with an intensity and joy that is hard to describe. Afterwards, the Rebbe distributed dimes to the Madrichim and Madrichais and smiled at many of them as they passed by. While the dimes were being distributed, the children sang Altira. At the conclusion of the distribution, the children began to sing, We Want Mashiach Now. The Rebbe placed his sitter under his arm and began to clap along, continuing to clap along to the children singing as he left the shul, all the while his face beaming with pleasure. A child's yarmulke fell off his head as the Rebbe was walking by. The Rebbe bent down to pick it up and handed it to the child. The Rebbe left to go home at about 5.30 p.m. Rebbe Avram Shemtev was in the corridor as the Rebbe was leaving, and the Rebbe smiled at him while motioning with his hand, seemingly surprised to see him there. The Rebbe asked him a few questions, to which he responded, and then the Rebbe went home. Monday, Yud Gimel Adar, Tainus Esther. At the conclusion of Slichus, the Rebbe looked towards the Aron Kaidesh, waiting for it to be opened for Avinu Malkinu. Rebbe Yamin Klein informed the Rebbe that there is a chassan present, and in such an instance, Tachlan and Avinu Malkinu are not recited, and the Rebbe acknowledged this with a nod. The Aron was opened, and the Sefer Torah that had just been completed the previous day in California was taken out. The Rebbe kept his gaze fixed on the Sefer Torah until it was placed on the bima. As the Rebbe was walking back to his place after Kriya, someone's hat fell on the floor. The Rebbe stopped walking and looked at the hat. Rabbi Groner immediately picked it up, and the Rebbe gave the hat's owner a penetrating look before continuing on to his place. While the Sefer Torah was being carried back to the Aryan Kaidesh, the Rebbe faced the Sefer Torah the whole time as usual. Rabbi Shlomo Kunin started the niggin, Sisu Vesimchu, and everyone began to sing, but the Rebbe did not make any signs of encouragement. When the Sefer Torah came closer to the Aryan, the Rebbe approached the Sefer Torah, touched it with his siddur, and then uncharacteristically kissed his hand.
On the way back to his room, the Rebbe stopped to look at a large sign that was put up, providing details for those going to do Mivtzapurim in various schools. Following Mincha, the Rebbe said a Sicha for about 35 minutes. During the Sicha, the Rebbe told the Bachar who had touched the inside of his ear to go wash his hands. At first, the Bachar did not realize that the Rebbe meant him, and only understood after the Rebbe repeated himself a second time and pointed at him. The Rebbe came downstairs from Arav at 6.30 p.m., wearing his Shabbos Sittuk, which is silk, and holding his Siddur as well as a Megillah in a silver case. The Rebbe set the Megillah down on a table that was set up next to his shtender. After Shemayna Esrei and Kaddish, the Rebbe opened his Siddur to the Brachas for Kriyas HaMegillah. Then, he removed the Megillah from its case and unrolled it on the table. While spreading it out, the Rebbe straightened a crease in the parchment, taking care that the entire parchment should be almost perfectly straight. After Kriyas HaMegillah, the Minyan continued davening Meirev. When the Chazan finished Eleno out loud, the Rebbe turned and motioned with his hand in surprise. The Chazan had forgotten to say, Ve'at Kadesh. As the Rebbe was leaving the shul, he started to sing, We Want Mashiach Now in a soft voice, and encouraged the singing on his way out. Tuesday, Yudalad Adar, Purim. While the Megillah was being read, the Rebbe stood in his place and did not move. When it came to making noise by Haman's name, the Rebbe gently tapped the floor with his foot. The Rebbe arrived for Meirev at 6.45 p.m. When the Rebbe entered the shul for the Purim Farbringen, the crowd was singing Napoleon's March. The Rebbe began the Farbringen by addressing the idea of Hayamim Ha'elu Nisgarim Venasim, that the events of this day that have occurred in previous years are reoccurring now. With this in mind, we look at everything differently and can be infused with a greater chayas. The Rebbe added that one must also bring along the Simcha of Purim so that it should affect the rest of the year as well. In the second Sicha, the Rebbe asked a question on the story of the Megillah. Why does the Megillah have to go through all the details leading up to the actual miracle? It would have seemingly made sense for all the irrelevant details to be left out and to just tell us about the events that have to do with the actual miracle of Purim. The Rebbe explained that the Megillah includes the other details in order to teach us a lesson in how to behave as a Yid. The Megillah begins with describing Ahasuerus' feast where every person was granted whatever food he requested. When a Yid sitting at the party requested kosher food, he revealed to everyone around him the truth, that he is a Yid and he is not embarrassed or ashamed with the truth. When a Yid acts in accordance with the truth, the non-Jews around him trust and respect him. But if he tries to pretend to be like those around him by eating the same food as them, then not only does he not gain their admiration, but on the contrary, he loses any respect and trust that they did have for him. This applies not only in religious matters, but in all dealings they have with him. When they see that on the one hand he is a Jew, and on the other hand he says, I am just like you, they know he is lying to them. And if he could lie in one area, who is to say that he will not lie in other areas? This is especially important for someone who sits at the king's gate, meaning someone in a position of power and influence. Such a person carries a greater responsibility to behave in the proper manner, since everyone will learn from his behavior how they should conduct themselves. If one does not act in accordance with the truth, rather he pretends to be that which he is not, he is denying his own true self, his neshama, which regardless of any circumstance will always remain pure. The Rebbe applied this to the Jewish mother as well. She should not worry about her child wearing tzitzis while playing with non-Jewish children, for it is specifically when he does not hide his true identity that they will befriend him. Behaving in any other way will bring the opposite result, because in their eyes, 
he will be seen as a double-faced liar. The same goes for educating one's child to make a bracha before putting food into his mouth, even when he is with his non-Jewish friends, and for the same reason. But here, the Rebbe said, there is another advantage as well. When they see a Jewish child making a bracha before eating the candy, and they ask him what he is saying, he replies straightforwardly that he is thanking Hashem for the candy and for bringing everything else into existence. This will have a strong effect on the non-Jewish child, and he will realize that he also needs to thank Hashem for the things he has, much like he says thank you to anyone who gives him something. There are those that think that such behavior is for fanatics. The Megillah shows us that it is only when we conduct ourselves in a way of Ga'in Yaakov, with pride and without shame of our lifestyle and heritage, that the rest of the world will come to respect us and listen to us. The Rebbe added that all of this is applicable even in a country like America, that only through the above-mentioned style of behavior will non-Jews respect Yidin. During the Fabringen, Reb Mordechai Ashkenazi of Kfar Chabad went over to the Rebbe holding a small cup of Lachaim. The Rebbe benched him, you should have a Rafua Shalema. In the seventh Sicha, the Rebbe spoke about the example Mordechai set for all the future generations by not bowing to Haman. Every Yid needs to know that Hashem needs Abalav. Hashem is, so to speak, leaning and depending on him to make the right choices in Sur Meirah Any given thought, word, or action on his part can literally tip the cosmic scale for the good and bring about a complete redemption for the entire world. There are those, the Rebbe continued, who say that this is all only a pshetel and tanya. But where in Nigla does one find such a concept? The source, the Rebbe said, can be found in an explicit Rambam. The Rambam writes how a person should constantly view both himself and the world as being a perfectly, equally balanced scale, and the very next move he will make, be it in action, in speech, or even in thought, can literally tip the scale, thereby bringing a Yeshua Vahatzala for the entire universe. Just as in the story of Purim, the salvation Mordechai brought about came through the king together with the assistance of his loyal soldiers, so too now. We have to be soldiers whose only concern is to carry out the will of the king, even up to a point of self-sacrifice. And why is the soldier willing to sacrifice himself to reach his goal? Because he knows that it is something about which the king cares deeply. In order to accomplish the mission, the king releases all of the royal treasures, which until now have been kept hidden away. Being as we are now in the last and final stages of our battle to defeat the Skullus, we have been granted access to the most precious of the king's treasures. This is all true for a child, as well for the, quote, child with a white beard. Everyone should know that we mean him. Hashem is depending on you, and with even one positive thought, you can bring Mashiach right now, at this very moment of Matzei Purim, at the start of Shushan Purim, Tafshin Membez, right here in 770 Eastern Parkway. This is the ruling of the Rambam, especially if he reaches a state of Adelayada, which then he will not be able to keep track of how many thoughts he had. The Rebbe asked that someone volunteer to fulfill the obligation of Adelayada on everyone else's behalf, making it clear that he means only one person and no one should think that he has a heter now to say Ochaim more than four times. Afterwards, the volunteer should make a kula, whereby the head and the feet are on the same level, and everyone should dance towards Mashiach Tzitkenu, who will come and redeem us, After waiting a bit, the Rebbe said that we live in a country where everything is decided based on votes. Everyone casts their votes in private, and then they have to count all the votes to see who was chosen to be the Meiser Nefesh. There is something called an Eilas Nadava. 
Someone should volunteer himself, and he should not worry that he is pushing himself where he does not belong. Finally, an individual by the name of Mati Steinberg from Nachas Har Chabad said Chaim to the Rebbe on a large cup of mashke. The Rebbe pointed at him and asked, Das is the Eilu Nedava? Afterwards, Reb Shlema Aaron Kazarnovsky approached the Rebbe holding a small Chaim cup in his hand and said to the Rebbe, Koa Peshet Yad Naisnimlai, repeating the word kol for extra emphasis. So what should I do for you? the Rebbe asked him. The Rebbe picked up a bottle of mashke which had been brought over from a gathering of Yidin in Russia that was on the table, poured from the bottle into Reb Kazarnovsky's cup, said to him, L'chaim v'levracha, and benched him with Aruchus Yamim. After that, Rebbe Levi approached the Rebbe as well. The Rebbe turned to the volunteer and asked him if he is also able to make a kola. After the man made a kola on the table, the Eilam started to sing the lively Russian song, Ivadia Minya. The Rebbe started to clap his hands, and every time the Nigan went back to the beginning, the Rebbe clapped with greater emphasis. At one point, the Rebbe began to encourage by swinging his hand, and then he started encouraging with both hands. Eventually, the Rebbe began to swing both of his hands in the air continuously without stopping. The simcha felt in the room at this point was literally over the top and cannot be put into words at all. People describe this simcha as greater than anything seen in 770 for years. In the middle, the Russian words of the song were replaced with We Want Mashiach Now. By now, everyone without exception was on their feet, dancing in their place, swept away by the incredible energy and joy in the air. After the singing eventually stopped, the Rebbe said that since Purim is the time when we completed what we started by Matan Taira, Kimu Mashakibul Kfar, a Simchas Taira Nigin should therefore be sung. Afterwards, the Rebbe began singing the Nigin Tzamalecha Nafshi, with several variations in the order of the words. After that, the Rebbe began singing Nyet Nyet Nikavo. The Rebbe then spoke about the Hachanais for Mifza Pesach and suggested that gatherings be made for children to discuss these preparations since they were the first to recognize the hand of Hashem at Yetzirah Mitzrayim. The Rebbe then asked where the cipherim for the Sifrei Teirah HaKoliyim are. Rabbi Hanig from Eretz Yisrael came up, and the Rebbe asked if he is the one who wrote the Sefer Teirah for California. The Rebbe also asked him if he already started the second one, and he answered that he did. The Rebbe poured him a l'chaim and gave him a bracha. Rabbi Zirkin, the cipher from New York, also came up, and the Rebbe gave him a l'chaim and benched him as well. Afterwards, the Rebbe asked if there were any more Seifim present who were involved with the Sifrei Teirah HaKolium. Someone by the Farbringin said the name of another Seifer, and the Rebbe asked if he is involved in the above Sifrei Teirah, and if yes, which one? The person answered that this Seifer is writing for Buffalo. The Rebbe asked, where is he? When no one came up, someone said that he is in a state of Adela Before leaving the Farbringin, the Rebbe reminded those present to make a bracha achreina, and then encouraged the singing of Kiba Simcha while leaving the shul. When the Rebbe left to go home, the crowd sang We Want Mashiach Now to the tune of the Russian song that was sung by the Ferbengen, and the Rebbe motioned with his hand in encouragement.